My, my juices flow all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. You know as much as I know. Right now, we've been able to stuff to stuff. The curse is broken. NC State fans, finally. <laughs> finally. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. I mean, that's a triple play. Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people. I'm not saying it's a big week on Law of the Wolf. I'm just telling you that I've busted out my glow-in-the-dark uniforms because that's right, Friday night game, blackout for NC State. And from what I can tell from NC State social media, those uniforms are going to glow in the dark. So it's huge. Friday night, NC State in their ACC home opener against Louisville, 7 o'clock ESPN. This is NC State's chance to prove that their three-in-one start is not a mirage. This is their chance to kind of erase any bad feelings from their performance last Friday night, a win over Virginia, which seemed a little bit too close, which seemed a little bit too difficult, given where Virginia is in the ACC. But as Dave Doran said, be happy that they won because the win is definitely better than the alternative. So NC State takes on Louisville Friday night. Louisville's off to a four in O start. They have a first-year coach, Jeff Brom. First year versus Dave Doran's 11th year. And that's what I really want to get into this week on Law of the Wolf, talking about year 11 and why NC State is in the position that they're in in year 11 under Dave Doran. And I want to make this clear. I don't think NC State's in a bad position. Down years are going to happen when you're not Ohio State, when you're not Alabama, when you're not Georgia. You're going to have dips. I think the mistake that people make is they see year 11 and they think, well, the program's just going to keep going like this the whole entire time. Dave Doran has been able to win at a clip that has been better historically than NC State has won at. There are a lot of different reasons for that. But I think it is fair to give Dave credit for what he's really good at. That is finding players, developing players, keeping players, which is difficult in this name, image, and likeness and transfer the portal era, and putting players into the NFL. These are Dave's strengths. I do think it is fair to look at how they sometimes want to win games, which is in Dave's background as a defensive coach. You'll see him try to grind some things out, maybe win in a conservative sort of way. I think that's a fair criticism of what he's done because he's now on his fifth different offensive coordinator and the style hasn't changed all that much so far. It's a limited sample under Robert and I, but it's only four games, but it looks a lot like NC State's offenses under Matt Canada. It looks a lot like NC State's offense under Eli Drinkwitz. It looks a lot like NC State's offense under Tim Beck. So not much has changed on that front so far. Again, though, it's only four games. And I want to get into what Robert and I is working with here. So that's an important part of year 11. And I'm going to uh, change the screen on you here in a minute and show you some of the recruiting classes from the last six years, because believe it or not, you've got guys from the class of 2018 who are playing for NC State this year. And I think you'll see as we go through class by class how NC State got to this position, but just a little bit on Louisville and their start under Jeff Brom in year one. The Cardinals are 4-0, but I, I must stress they, they haven't exactly beaten a murderer's row of opponents so far. 
They open with a win over Georgia Tech down in Atlanta, 39-34. Seems like a lot of points to give up to a Georgia Tech team that's built similarly to NC State. Uh, I, I don't think they're like this flash great offensive machine, so that's encouraging. All right, they drubbed a uh, 1AA opponent, so what? Then they beat Indiana 21-14, a little bit of a rock fight. And then last week, they got out to a big lead on a deflated Boston College team and then ended up winning 56-28. So Georgia Tech, probably not a bowl team. Murray State, a 1AA. Indiana, probably not a bowl team. And Boston College is squarely looking at another one of those three or four win teams. So what do we make of Louisville under Jeff Brom in year one? Remember, Brom came from Purdue, probably explained some of his familiarity with Indiana, probably a little bit of an easier scout than some other uh, coaches might have had for that game, but doesn't take away from what Brom has done so far in this start. They're a running team, oddly enough. Jawar Jordan, their running back, is averaging, uh, this is a crazy number, 9.6 yards per carry. Uh, that's fairly amazing. Jordan actually had a kickoff return against NC State last year for a touchdown. Speaking of last year, Louisville won that game down in Louisville. That was a game that I really, really, really wanted to see MJ Morris start in. But the knee injury prevented him from playing in that game. That was a Ben Finley, Jack Chambers special. NC State's defense was a mess. So far, as an ACC member, NC State is 3-5 and five in eight games against Louisville. 3-5. and five. They have won three of the past four, though. That includes the game in 2017, which was a night game. Uh, primetime showcase for Dave Dorn's best team in 2017. Bradley Chubb made himself a bunch of money. Uh, Jermaine Pratt made himself a bunch of money in that game where NC State won 39-25. They beat Lamar Jackson uh, and arguably the biggest win in Dave Doran's 11-year tenure. So can there be some good vibes from that 2017 night game? Can there be some good vibes from last year's night games? You had Texas Tech. You had UConn. You had Florida State. You had Virginia Tech. These are all games that NC State won last year at night at Carter-Finley Stadium. So maybe there are some positive vibes there for the Wolfpack. Maybe some of the players who were missing on defense that Dave Doran had enumerated can come back. I do think in terms of styles make fights, teams that generally want to run on state usually can't. Uh, Tony Gibson's done a great job with his run defense schemes and their run defense fits now. We've seen UConn pop big plays this year. We've seen Notre Dame pop big plays in the run game against NC State's defense. You would think Louisville will scout those plays and run those same plays, and then you would think, in turn, that Tony Gibson and NC State's defense would be ready for those plays. I like that part of the matchup for NC State. Jack Plummer, their quarterback, sixth-year guy, began his career at Purdue with Brom, smart, 10 touchdowns, four interceptions, 67% completion percentage, doesn't turn the ball over, makes smart decisions. One thing Louisville really did well on the portal, they went and got Jamari Thrash. He's, a, he's one of those receivers who can be a difference maker between Jordan and Thrash. I think Louisville has an advantage at their skill positions. Thrash, 19 catches, 400 yards, five touchdowns already on the season. So Louisville has an advantage with those playmakers, but – I do, like I said, I think styles make fights. And if Louisville's just going to try to run the football against State, I like State's chances. So let's talk a little bit 
after this, I want to go through some of the recruiting decisions that were made. I want to go through some of the circumstances that were led us to this point in 2023 where it's year 11. And in my opinion, NC State is in a rebuilding mode. They are in a part of their cycle where you're going, okay, if some of these young guys can can learn on the job, can take some lumps and learn from it, in two years, they're going to be in a position, in the same position that they were in 21, in the same position that they were going into the 22 season, in the same position they were in the 17 and 18 seasons where you saw veteran groups that had a chance to really make a run at this thing. I think that's where NC State is in this cycle under Dave Doran despite it being year 11. But we're going to get into that. But first, you see that right there? Wings over all of our college football talk here on OVS and Julia OG Media. It's brought to you by Wings Over. Check them out. Wings Over Raleigh on Hillsborough Street, right across from UT. They have free parking. So here's what you do. And you know how difficult it is to park on Hillsborough Street. Order online, wingsover.com. Order. Put your order in. I go for the sweet chili wings. You can also get tenders, you can get hot, you can get lemon pepper, all of the varieties, Ryan Malley's crew, great for tailgates. And starting in October, open for lunch too. So go check them out. It's wingsover.com, wingsover Raleigh, right there on Hillsborough Street, right across from UT. Free parking in the back, make that order online, go pick up your food, you'll be set for all of your tailgates and football Saturdays and NFL Sundays. And now starting in October for lunch. I'm headed over to Carter Finley Stadium on Friday night. If you are and you want to have the best possible swag, go to homefieldapparel.com. Look on the screen right there. Use that code OG23. You're going to get 15% off of your order. So go to Home Field Apparel. Get that. Get your shirts, hoodies. It's going to be a little chilly on Friday night. Get yourself a hat. All the throwback classic styles. They have them there. It's homefieldapparel.com. Use the code OG23. Get yourself 15% off of that first order. And then you're going to get additional savings from Homefield. All you got to do, go to homefieldapparel.com. You already know where I'll be on Friday afternoon. I'm going to be at the breeze through right there, Trinity, Edwards Mill Road, right across from the stadium. Get your ice, get your snacks, get your beers, get your drinks, because you got to hydrate. You got to make sure, also, got to make sure you can stay away for this game. Dark roast coffee. Get that lifetime refill tumbler. 20 bucks. It'll be the best 20 bucks you ever spend. Get your gas. Make sure they got everything covered at Breeze Through. Big shouts to Adam over at Breeze Through for supporting Law of the Wolf. And you know who supported us from day one? Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, Hayes Lancaster. He'll be there. He's a, He'll be there Thursday. He'll be in that RV lot on Friday just getting ready for this big game. Hayes does such a great job supporting NC State, does such a great job supporting Law of the Wolf. Does such a great job with his day job, Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. You don't want any bugs outside your house. You don't want any bugs inside your house. You don't want any mice in your attic. You don't want moisture under your house. I have that 360 moisture barrier. I am telling you, it is a game changer. So here's what you do. Go to bugsbite.com. Punch in your zip code. You'll find the spot for you. You're going to see all kinds of coupons there, too. Hayes doesn't believe in contracts. His work is that good. They know you'll come back. They know you'll be there for them just as they're there for you. So go to bugspite.com, Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Hayes is the OG OG. We couldn't do this podcast without 
All right, common question this week after NC State's 24-21 win over Virginia last Friday. And that was, hey, Joe, what's wrong with being 3-1? and one? What's, what's wrong with winning on the road? Well, I think important part of this is looking at what NC State was supposed to be this season, which I think most people were square with seven, eight wins. Remember, they only won eight games last year. So if they won eight games this year, it, it would be altogether different. There would be no pressure on this team. There were little expectations on this team. So I thought maybe there was a chance for them to sneak up, win seven or eight games. Okay. Now, also, there's a new offensive coordinator in Robert and I. There's a new quarterback in Brennan Armstrong. So I think the biggest frustration right now for the, for the portion of NC State fans who are upset about how the team has looked through four games, and that is on the offensive side of the ball, with Tim Beck out, I think people expected more of the Wolfpack offense through four games, certainly against the Virginia team that was, you know, gutted by Tennessee, you know, ripped through the air by Maryland. Even James Madison scored a bunch of points on them. So for NC State to only score 24 points in that game, I think that's what has people on edge and a little bit, you know, wondering what's going to happen over the final eight games of the season, in my opinion, against a more difficult schedule than it looks so let's look at the offense through four games and let's just look at counting stats i know some people don't like counting stats but sometimes they give you a snapshot in rushing offense nc state ranks 53rd with 166 yards per game their leading rusher is brendan armstrong at quarterback there's nothing wrong with that but it also gets us into what is wrong with the offense in passing nc state ranks 95th at only 214 yards per game that's fairly low and then scoring, they rank 65th with 29.3 points per game. Those are the numbers that have some people upset. They wanted more. They expected more out of a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback. But here is the problem for NC State in year 11 of Dave Doran. And that's going to be the common refrain. Well, why in year 11 does the roster look like this? And, well, I wanted to go back and look at the different recruiting classes from 2018, 2019, 2020, 21, and 22, and now 23. So that's six. Okay. These are the guys who are still most, these are guys who are still on the roster. In all, NC State in those years recruited eight running backs, five tight ends, and 16 receivers. That doesn't count the players that they have added in the portal in the last three years. But if you look now at those recruiting classes, and that's where I think NC State's biggest problem is right now. It's the talent in their skill positions on the roster. That is the biggest challenge that Robert and I is facing. That is the biggest challenge that Brennan Armstrong is facing. There are some people who would like to see MJ Morris play quarterback. I don't think MJ would fundamentally change what the offense looks like because of the lack of game-breaking and explosive ability from those skill positions. So let's go back and look. And I, I sorted this different ways. I was going to show you each class. And then I decided let's just show it by position. So let's look at the running backs first. In 2018, Ricky Person, good player, uh, you know, ends up playing 40 games, rushes for almost 2,000 yards, had 14 touchdowns, decides after his fourth year to try to play professional football. He had one year of eligibility but did not come back and use it. Bam Knight and decided after three years, and he had 18 touchdowns, 2,200 yards, he was going to go play pro. He's in the NFL right now. So you're two for two on running back recruits in 2018 and 2019. 
All right. Well, they added two other running backs in 19. Jordan Houston, uh, as you might know by now, left the team last week, uh, the day before they took off for Charlottesville. Houston played for four years and three games. He ran for 1,300 yards and 324 carries with six touchdowns, 51 games. Not great production for a guy who was their primary back last year and their primary back for the first three games uh, or two and a half games of this season. They also added Delbert Mims. Mims has four touchdowns all this year. He's a short yardage guy. He's fine in terms of depth because think about it. You'd have four running backs on the roster at that point of the 18 and 19 classes, not to mention they still had Reggie Gillespie in 18. So these are all depth guys. The problem now is Mims is, is, is a starter, essentially. Um, so you look at this, uh, the guy didn't add anybody in 20. They added Jordan Poole in 21. He's playing defense now. The guy that they really liked, Demi Sumo Karnbe, he uh, played a truncated season last year. Started the season like gangbusters, an injury, ends up playing only 10 games last year, 305 yards, and he transferred to Kentucky. Uh, and last year they add Michael Allen, who everybody was excited about last year. He does a little bit too much running side to side. That doesn't mean he, he we throw him out with the trash. There's still some talent there. I still think he could be pretty good. And then Kendrick Raphael is a true freshman this year in four games. He has been their best actual running back with 211 yards, but he got hurt at the beginning of the Virginia game. So out of the players that they added, they add eight running backs. Two of them were really good. You're hoping Allen is good. You were banking on Sumo being your, your, your main running back at this point. So you lose him to the portal. That's going to happen. Houston, you know, Dave lamented that he wasn't available or, or left the team midweek. I don't think they will be worse for the wear with Houston being gone. But when you look at the picture, of the you know you add a player in 23 that you hope can be good but that's asking a lot of a true freshman michael allen's a guy you're hoping in 22 you know that that can come through again there's a lot of hoping here and that's a formula that's going to get you in trouble particularly in the situation that nc state was now one notable thing about the running backs that they added in these classes des kitchings their former offense corner was also their primary recruiter in the state of north carolina he was all over Will Shipley, the wolf blood with 25 relatives who graduated from NC State. Will Shipley should be at NC State. There's no doubt about that in my mind. But Kitchings left NC State after the 2020 season, went to South Carolina, ended up in the NFL, and is now at Virginia. But he was Kitchings, for all of the questions I have about his play calling ability, is an excellent recruiter. And I think when you go back and you look at Ricky Person from the triangle, you look at Bam Knight from the triangle. You look at a Naheem Hines from Garner. These are all guys that Des Kitchings helped bring to the program. So when you lose Kitchings, you see the drop off at the running back position. And I think that's going to be something that we follow here by positions. Now let's look at receivers. And obviously there's more of the receivers. And I've color coded these guys. Orange has transferred. Yellow is still in the program, and white are the guys who have either left the team or exhausted their eligibility. I'm not going to go through all of these receivers. I would just say to you, Devin Carter was a little bit of an enigma. Uh, he transferred this offseason to West Virginia. Originally, he was going to go to Penn State, ends up going to West Virginia. But when you go through this list of players, you realize what the real problem is here for NC State. And again, 
George McDonald, the receivers coach, left before the 21 season to go to Illinois. And I think George's track record with Kelvin Harmon, even Jacoby Myers as a quarterback, Emeka Amezi, he did a good job finding receivers and developing receivers. That development has stopped. And I think this is where you're seeing now just a glut of players. There's 20 players on this list in six classes. And if you look now, the, now these are this includes the players that they've added through the portal. That's Tabari Hines began his career at Wake Forest. They got him from Oregon in 19. Daryl Jones was a guy last year had played for Joker Phillips, the, who's now the receivers coach at Maryland. You know, he came in at 30 catches, three touchdowns, not not a big impact there. Uh, and then Dakari Collins, you know, they probably expected some more. Uh, I know he was fighting some injuries. Uh, he's a transfer from Clemson, had the touchdown against Notre Dame. And Bradley Rosner's a guy from Rice who they got way late uh, in the summer, eighth-year player who I do think can help them. Uh, obviously, the big win here is Kevin Concepcion, a three-star recruit. True freshman this year leads a team with 22 catches, 238 yards, and he has the two scores. But you're looking at a lot of scratch off and misses here with a bunch of three-star players. It's okay to add three-star players, but at some point you either have to develop those three-star players, supplement them with the players out of the portal, which they've tried. This is a position where they've tried that. The one that stands out obviously is from 2020 Porter Rooks. He was a four-star guy. Porter Rooks in 41 career games at NC State has 75 catches, 833 yards and one score. Rooks obviously has some talent, but has not been able to put it together. Julian Gray is another guy who has some talent, hasn't been able to put it together. Um, you see some other players that they moved either to defense or to other positions. The bottom line is they got a bunch of guys on their roster. They they had a bunch of guys they've added in these classes who haven't worked out. Now let's and look I at the tight ends because another guy left the coaching staff, Eddie Faulkner, after the 19 season goes to the NFL. He's with the Steelers now. You see here, like, they should have been able to build off of the success they had with Jalen Samuels. Obviously, they haven't been able to do that. Uh, you know, here's five guys. They added the Seabros, you know, um, should be depth guys, three-star guys. I get that. Juice Vereen is a guy still there who they have a lot of confidence in and they hope will blossom into a, a top-line player. But there's not a lot here at the tight end position. And if you don't have great receivers, you don't have a go-to tight end, and you don't have explosive running backs, you're left in the situation that NC State is currently in where you just don't have playmakers. The only true playmaker right now, other than Concepcion, who's a true freshman, is the quarterback. It's Brendan Armstrong. And I understand that people want to see MJ Morris because he has the years of eligibility remaining. I understand there is some frustration that Armstrong – hasn't been, you know, the player from 2021 when he was throwing for 4,000 yards and 30-plus touchdowns and looked unbelievable at Virginia. I don't know how realistic, though, it is to think that he could be that in a new situation with new teammates, with injuries up front. You know, that's another part of it, the injuries to the offensive line. And I get it. That, that's a thing at NC State seemingly every year. But you look at those offensive line injuries, and now you combine that with the lack of, of explosive playmakers. And I, I, that's where I don't think making a change at quarterback in, in four weeks really is going to make a difference for NC State. But I want to get into a little bit of the circumstances, two of these recruiting classes. We're going to do that right after these words, because, you know, here at OG Media, I, 
I got to pay the bills, my friends. And you know this, and I appreciate all of you for supporting us the way that you do. Of course, you're, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, their Googles, please rate, follow, download all the episodes, leave a review. Really appreciate all the kind words that you guys have for us here at OG Media. And then if you're on the YouTubes, make sure you hit subscribe and, and leave a comment too. I know because I know a lot of people are passionate about this particular topic, about year 11. And I want to get more into year 11 right after this. So if you're in the real estate market, I'm going to, I'm going to cover everything for you right now in this break. Are you ready? Josh Goodson, RTP mortgage. He can handle, you reach out to him and you say, Hey man, what can I afford? What am I looking at here? What kind of loan can I get? Reach out, go to rtpmortgage.com or give him a call 252-361-1415. That's Josh's actual phone number. 252-361-1415. Give him a call. Maybe he'll give you some uh, uh, pack of wolves intel. Sometimes he gets over to practice. But more importantly, ask him about either what you have right now in your loan and how you can make it better or ask him, hey, man, I'm get, about to hit the real estate market. I want to know what I can afford. I want to know what I can do to do what's best for me and my number one investment. That's your home. So go check out Josh at rtpmortgage.com or 252-361-1415. This is the part where I have to tell you legally. His NMLS number is 1569995. That's Josh Goodson, rtpmortgage.com. And do you know who can help you find that new home in this complicated real estate market? Hometown Realty, Barry Woodard and his crew, they have more than 250 agents, six locations. Go to myhtr.com and you will see how easy this really is. There's a toggle right in the middle. Buy, sell. That's all you got to do. Myhtr.com. Let the experts help you. I watch some of these ads for guaranteed offers and I get mad. Legitimately, I get mad. Don't sell yourself or your home short. Protect your number one investment. Get help from the pros. Get help from Hometown Realty. It's myhtr.com. And then you know where I'm going now because you're going to need to close. You're going to have a mortgage. You're going to have a house. You got to close. Got to close the deal. Josh Whitaker, big state fan. Support those state fan lawyers because there's not enough state lawyers out there. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, they have the world's greatest URL, wh.lawyer. All the experience, more than 20 years, all of the locations, all of the Gs, you name it, they have it covered. And I love that there's no nonsense. You know, they're not, this is not a hard sell. What they are is, hey man, I need help closing on a house. I need help selling a business. Hey, I got some family law issues. I need help with that. All you got to do, go to wh.lawyer. Let's bring this thing home because NC State fans, I know they're upset. And, and some of them are upset with me because I don't have a great deal of optimism for the rest of this season, in part because of, as I laid out, the skill player, the skill positions. That's my primary concern for this team. The one thing, though, that drives me a little bit crazy is when people think oh, it's year 11, NC State should be in. This is where NC State should be because it's year 11. 
first of all, Dave Doran is the first NC State coach since Earl Edwards at the beginning of the, of the creation of the ACC to make it to year 11. So there's that. Second of all, you realize this is a three and a four year cycle. NC State, his best, Dave's best class in 2019. Okay. I mentioned Bam Knight. That, that class also had Iki Akonu. They had Drake Thomas, who's in the pros, and Dylan McMahon, who is going to join them in the pros. All right. What didn't, what positions didn't I mention in there? Receiver, running back was Bam. He left after three years. Also, what had happened was state when Dave's best teams in 17 and 18, they won nine games. Then 19 comes, they bottom out with four wins. Now you're trying to recruit in the 19 and 20 classes off of a four win season. All right. Now you change your offensive staff. I mentioned Kitchens. I mentioned George McDonald. I mentioned Eddie Faulkner. Those were their primary recruiters. So you have a turnover on their staff, which helped them, by the way, in 2020 rebound and come back and have truly Dave's best work in 2020. That was, in my opinion, given the pandemic, given what had happened the previous year, that was his best work. So you can't have that without the new coaches, but you, you can't also not expect there to be some drop off in recruiting, particularly in the state where Des Kitchings was so good recruiting in a state for NC State. Then what happens in 21? There's a pandemic. OK, I'm not sitting here trying to absolve them for all of those personnel decisions. I'm just trying to tell you there's a reason why the roster looks like the way the roster looks like. And that's the truth of the matter. And again, I'll repeat it. Unless you're Alabama, unless you're Georgia, heck, unless you're, you know, LSU and you have this incredible built-in recruiting advantage, you're going to have peaks and valleys. There's going to be dips. This is one of those dips. And this is where you hope some of the patients that NC State has had their administrative wise with Dave Doran. We've seen the payoff in 17 and 18 in terms of the talented teams, the experienced teams. And that's also a fair criticism. He couldn't get to 10 wins. He couldn't get to a division title. He couldn't get to an ACC title. That's a fair criticism. But those teams were in position to do all of those things. Same thing in 2021 and 22. You had older teams. You had veteran groups. You had a kick at this thing. Now, I'm the first one to tell you, I, I didn't think last year was great, even with Devin Leary. So that's a problem. But you have to expect there to be some ebbs and flows, particularly when you have a changeover in your coaching staff and you have a, a global pandemic that affected not only college football, but high school football. I will say I do think NC State can get better at who they've added in the portal. When you go back and you look at the receivers that they added, you know, Jones last year was a guy, like I mentioned, had played for Joko Phillips at uh, Maryland. That didn't really work out for them. Collins so far hasn't, and I think there's been injuries there. I think they can, I think Rosner was a good ad and it was late, but that's where you have to kind of look at what NC State's done and, and kind of, and it, that could be on display on Friday night with uh, Thrash from Louisville, who was one of the top receivers in the portal. So we'll see how it plays out. There's eight games left. Do you think NC State can win three of those eight to get back to a bowl game, which I would argue Given the down years that Dave's had, his first year where they won three games and then 19 where they won four games, I think if they get six and get to a bowl game, that's a pretty good down year. Those are the kind of down years that you want. That's the floor 
that you want. We'll see what happens over these final eight games. As for Friday night's game, let me get a prediction. Anything could happen in this game. I would not be surprised either way. Uh, legitimate issues in the secondary. And, and, you know, you look at Louisville, they're going to have all of that scouted up. They're going to have all of that. Re- they're going to have all of that ready. But I'm going to say this. The name of this podcast is The Law of the Wolf. I created The Law of the Wolf as someone who has followed NC State for 25 years. And that is when you expect the most, you get the least. When you expect the least, you get the most. After that performance against Virginia, expectations are at an all-time low. So, black uniforms, at night, glow in the dark, Louisville. Is there a blood moon? All of these things are lining up. This is the law. This is the true law. Give me NC State. I think they're going to score some points against Louisville, too. Give me NC State to win this thing. 28-25. Funky score. Why not, man? Why not? Appreciate you guys for checking us out. Appreciate all of our sponsors. And, of course, Apple, Spotify, Google's, you name it, we're there. Follow, like, rate, do all of the good things. And right here on the YouTubes, give us a subscribe. Give us a follow. And, and leave those comments. Give me your prediction for this week's game. Give me your prediction for the rest of the year, too. Will they get to six wins? Will it be one of Dave's better years ultimately by the end for year 11? We'll see how it goes. Appreciate you all. Enjoy the game Friday night. I know I'll at least enjoy the tailgate. See you next week. Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people.